Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's summertime and long days are filled with fun times at the beach and the pool with your children. While the water can be fun, it can also be dangerous if you can't swim. How do you prepare your child to enjoy the water with confidence and learn a valuable lifelong skill? I'm John Ruffew, owner of Swim to John, and this is Parent Savers, episode 15. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Did you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome to Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I am your host, Casey Wilt. You can now take Parent Savers with you wherever you go. We have new apps that are available in the Amazon Android market and the iTunes App Store. They have great features like the ability to star your favorite episodes, as well as instant access to our most recent episodes and social networking sites. It's another great way to get some parenting information on the go. Another way is to subscribe to our Parent Savers newsletter, featuring exclusive behind-the-scenes content from our show, special giveaways discounts, and more. Visit our website, parentsavers.com, for more info. I'm a new parent myself. My son, Carson, is now 20 months old, and I'm joined by two new parents here in the studio. I'm Jody Roberts. I'm a high school teacher, and I have an 18-month-old little girl. My name is Owen. I have a video marketing company in Oceanside, California, and I am a very new parent. Again, my third son, Benjamin O.K. Hemsath, was born last week, and I am super, just super excited and a little sleepy. I also have a 14-month-old and a 5-year-old who is constantly asking me if he's now five and a quarter. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we're talking headlines this morning. So, we've got the headline is called Baby Bikini Onesie Has Parents Outraged. So, it's basically, um, you know, in Florida and those Miami and those beach sites, they've got these t-shirts for adults that are women with bikinis on them. And it's just a t-shirt that they wear are men with ripped bodies so that you can look, you know, beach ready when you're really not. Um, They have these on a onesie for 18 months old. What do you guys think about that? I think, you know, I think it's something we need to be really careful about um, because uh, the the hyper sexualization of children is is not a joke. And I think that there's there's a lot of people out there that look at these shirts and say, oh, it's just a funny thing or it's just a a neat little thing. But I believe it's part of uh, of an agenda that that, you know, goes deeper into the business community and into the psychological community that is is uh, designed to compress the age. They call it age compression in media studies to make uh, children older. So to speak, and this sexualizing of 
of children is, I think, something we need to be careful of. Yeah, so they also had at the bottom of this uh, article some other T-shirts that were available, and some were kind of harmless, like, you are what you tweet, or... I poop rainbows, you know, um, kind of. And there's definitely a multiplicity of colors in there. <laughs> so they also had, um, you know, or I drink until I pass out. Right. You know. And there's, there's it's a fine line there. I find I find it funny. You yeah. know, that one's kind of funny, you know, and, and there's the um, similar shirts like that are, are, are funny. It's the ones that scare me are the ones that you might see. You know, you pass these stores in the mall that are clothing stores for teens and you're like, what is that girl? 14 years old, 12 mm-hmm. years old. You know, and, and that's and that's it's there's some other countries out there that there are, are more accepting of that. I don't think that that's consistent with our culture. Uh, and so I'd, I'd, I'd like to see some responsibility by the parents to say, OK, it's a cute shirt. You know, I, I'm not going to put my child in that. You know, I mean, can you imagine being a, a pedophile at the beach and you see these kids in that gear? Um, the, the bikini onesie. The bikini onesie. Yeah, absolutely. Well, even like a regular bikini. How old do you put a, just a bikini on? On your daughter, right? Because I know that's a big issue with a lot of my parent friends that they go, "Well, all the all my other mommy friends let their kids right. wear a bikini." If mommy. all your mommy friends jumped off a cliff, yeah, you know. And <laughs> so I'm thinking about that with my 18 month old because they have that. those. They have little bikinis. For I know they're 18 easy because you just got a diaper and you put it on, you take it, and off. then you, you think about the little the little babies running around with just uh, or just, naked, just diapers. Yeah, you know what I mean. Now we had we had some kids at our community pool running around naked, but these kids were five six years old, and I'm thinking that is too old, <laughs> you know. And I texted my my complex manager and I said, "How old is too old to be running around naked?" And he texted me back, "You're never too old." You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, and it's it's again, it's a funny thing. We can find humor in it as responsible adults, but we really got to think about. You know, I did some work with a um, a, a child uh, predator activist, and she said the number one places you got to be watch, watch out for is the pool, the beach. And like sprinkler type water fun areas where uh, you see a guy taking pictures, that's your first warning sign. I actually, I was at a a party in um, Salt Lake City. The mall had turned the sprinklers on the fountains and brought in all the kids. And I saw a guy, you know, two floors up crouched in the corner taking pictures and I followed him and had him removed from the premises you know what I mean and uh, that's that's a creepy thing so I don't think we want to invite that as parents yeah well and also in the, some of these shirts that said um, you know proud stoner I love my marijuana I love my dealer hung like a five year old yeah I'm those, with, I'm those I milk. would think are more inappropriate I know what yeah this. all that I, I but I, I agree the with the over yeah I agree with the over sexualization I think naked is more no- natural rather than like this hourglass figure right. of a bikini right. that, that they're of what is imposing beauty. on and I, I, I yeah and I certainly don't like the idea of hey this is beautiful you know what I mean yeah. there's this is this is an unattainable body for uh, so many different men and women and and we're, we're teaching our children you know this is what beauty is and anything else is not acceptable and that's why I love some of these companies that are doing the natural beauty campaigns uh, and whatnot and I think that those are just tremendous and a great way to um, uh, counter condition uh, our culture into being more accepting of different forms of beauty. Well, if you didn't think it, you know, it was stressful enough to keep up with the ages and the times of being beautiful. I mean, it starts at 18 months now. Oh, no. I, you know, (laughs) seriously. Where's the line, people? We'll be right back. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. 
At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. So today on Parent Savers, we have John Refue, owner of Swim to John, here to talk with us about how we can train our children to become better swimmers. So, John, it all starts with infancy. How do we get our kids comfortable in the water when they're little, when they're five months old? Can they swim? My viewpoint on uh, teaching kids to be comfortable in the water, uh, whether it's a, a bath or a shower or the swimming pool, and uh, is to understand how the how, how it works in terms of the number one thing people freak out about is, okay, my kid go, my kid's underneath the water, okay, so now what? And most parents, they're very, very concerned about it, and they immediately work to go get the kid and make sure that the kid's not underwater for any time. And the reality of it is, is that when you put anybody under the water, a child, infant, or an adult, they automatically hold their breath. It's an instantaneous, involuntary reflex of the human body that just shuts off the airway. So when you put someone under the water, you don't have to worry about them uh, taking water into their lungs. Now, it's possible for them to drink the water into their stomach, but they're not going to get water in their lungs. So that's the first thing to keep in mind. And the second thing is is just about anybody, you can drop them into the water, and they're going to be okay for 30 seconds, and then you're going to bring them up, you know. Um, so do you recommend that when your child does go under the water to kind of wait and not rescue them as quickly as like you see them under and you, well, you grab them? You kind of I, I, I just want 10 to, seconds. I just think it's important that you operate from uh, an understanding of how it, it does work physiologically and what your what your options are and whether you wait immediately and grab them or whether you wait till they're 45 seconds and you bring them up and you look at them in the eyes and say, don't do that again. They're going to get the message a lot better at 45 okay, seconds yeah. of, sure. I'm not going to do that again, right. versus two or three seconds where, well, why? Why not? Right. You know, so, you know, if they pay a price for the mistake, you might be saving their life. Have you ever heard of, because I have heard of this, where they in, they do inhale water, and I've heard that they, they drown in their sleep because they've inhaled too much water in their lungs. And there's been cases of that. She freaked out our first day of swimming with uh, her, our, our children were swimming and we, you know, they both drank a lot of water. Yeah. <laughs> so that night she didn't sleep. Well, again, you're talking uh, drinking water versus inhaling water into the lungs. Uh, and and uh, inhaling water into the lungs isn't going to happen. Period. I mean, there's obviously, have you ever taken a drink of water and it goes down the wrong yeah. tube? Yeah. <laughs> 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 No, you know, I mean, but yeah, you kind of make. But really, if you if you if anybody's ever done it or observed someone who has taken water or liquid into the wrong uh, into the wrong chamber, you get a pretty vicious reaction from your body, don't you? Sure. Okay. So if you see a kid that that you maybe got a couple drops of water down into that wind tube, they spend the next thirty or forty seconds hacking and coughing to blow it all out. So this idea that, you know, you're taking water into the lungs just isn't going to happen. I've had over close to 100 medical doctors that have sat and watched me teach their kids. I've had, uh, you know, one of them's pediatric emergency room physician down at Children's Hospital, which is the, the hospital for submersion cases and stuff. And they all understand how the physiology works. You're just not going to take enough water into your lungs that it's going to kill you. So you don't have to really teach them to hold their breath? 
or you do, you, no, that is blow something, in their face. That's something that once they go under the water once and then you bring them up and you give them a count, one, two, three, they go under. They're, they're okay. anticipating it and they're expecting it. Not only is it automatic, but then this also gives them the opportunity to maybe get a better breath or they know it's going to okay. happen. But in order to teach them to spend six, eight weeks to teach a person to hold their breath, it's already in the brain. So do you, you don't need to do it. Do you recommend to blow in their face beforehand? I, or I don't. Okay. I just give them a count and tell them that their head's going to go into the water. So my wife, we've got a 14-month-old. He loves the water, and so she'll she'll carry him out into the pool. And so you're saying uh, it's it would be okay for her to say, okay, ready? One, two, three. And then maybe even dunk under with him? Yeah. You think that's okay? Anything Another like that. Name? Okay. Yeah. You know, bring him down half a second, a second, and then just build on that. Because we... Oh, are there any techniques to help your infant be comfortable with water in their face? Because that's typically the area where babies don't like it or kids don't like water in the face. Well, you know, every every kid is going to have their own personality, things they like and the things they dislike, things that they're more uh, inclined to be able to do well or not to do well. And this is going to be one of them. Sometimes you put a baby under the water. If mom and dad are having a good time going underneath and you make the first experience really, really, you know, easy and affirming, you know, like a half a second underneath with mom and dad, you know, you both go under and you both look at each other and you come right back up. It's going to be a positive experience. And the more positive experience you make it, the more enjoyable the kid is going to acclimate to it. So how important is it then to get the parents involved into these swimming techniques and like you said, going under the water with them and teaching well, their kids how like, to swim? Like I say, to the point that they have a bond with their parents and it's a positive, affirming, uh, loving type of relationship and they trust their parents. Uh, that's what the parent brings to the table. Well, how do you teach survival swimming? I know that's a technique that people are doing, that they throw their baby in the water with all their clothes, mm-hmm. and the, the concept is to teach the baby to swim to the side and grab on. Like or emergency ro- type swimming? Well, yeah, or roll to the back and swim to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, well, do you think that's important? Well, obviously, that would be the entire goal of teaching a child to swim. Uh, is that you prepare them for the worst-case scenario of falling into a pool or to a body of water, depending on what you're, what's, what you're around most. But you have to start with the basic swim skill. And so that's what you want to teach the kid first. After they have that, then you can add on clothing, et cetera, et cetera. And how do you get to that point? I mean, I've got these two kids. One of them uh, loves the water. I mean, every opportunity he gets. I mean, we'll even find him. We'll be in the living room just at the, in the play area. And then where's Jameson? He's he's making his way towards the bathtub, and he crawls in there and just waits for for mom to turn turn the water Sarah on. Does now, that too. Yeah, yeah, you know, she turns bath, it on herself. Too, really? Yeah. See, because bath time is so fun for yes. him. Now, uh, Kanan, uh, my five year old, is 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 different. He uh, it wasn't until we finally got him goggles that he was able to um, enjoy the water a little bit more. So how do you teach a child to not be fearful of the water? And did you, would you recommend uh, a third-party object like goggles, you know, in order to, to convey that? Well, again, it's just an issue of building the kid's confidence. You know, uh, any kid's going to be able to learn how to swim, whether he believes that he can do it or not to start with. is might be the objective uh, where he is using that to say, oh, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. Well, you know, he's afraid of being successful or not being successful. And, again, you're talking a whole gamut of age differences, whereas a 20-month-old, you don't really, you know, they're not going to sit there and say, I'm afraid I don't want to do this. They're just going to say, they're going to, and the, the important thing to keep in mind is why are they kicking and screaming? And 
from my philosophy and what I've been taught by Tom Bradbury, who's been teaching this method since 1957, he's taught 93,000 kids to swim, he's 81 years old, still teaches 40 kids each day, is that uh, the kids are going to scream, uh, they're going to scream and kick and cry because they're suddenly at 20 months old have lost control of their world where they were, you know, so they're going to do that by being vocal. They're going to cry, and they're going to yell, and they're going to say, I don't like this. Give me back to my mom, or mom, come and get me. Get me out of this, you know. Can't right. you see I'm in distress here? And so, you know, often, uh, you know, a parent will normally get their kid out of a distressful situation, uh, and that works, and it's been working for that kid for 20 months. Sure. So when they come to a swim lesson, whether it's with me or whether it's with somebody else, if they don't like it, they're going to make noise. And the difference is, is what does the swim instructor do with that? And in a lot of programs, you know, the swim instructor will do whatever's required to make the kid be quiet. Exactly. And then for me, it's like, I don't care that you're making noise. If you fall in the pool and you don't know how to swim, you'll never make another noise in your life. So, and the parent understands that. So the parent will refrain from, from saving or pulling the kid and giving the kid a sense of control back while the mom holds the kid. And you had said every kid can can learn how to swim. What about kids with disabilities? Yeah, you know, again, because uh, my understanding that Tom has taught me and my experience over the past 10 years in teaching 3,500 kids is that swim is already in the brain. It's almost an innate skill, which is, I told you, I think we'd mentioned that you don't have to spend eight or 10 weeks to teach a kid to hold their breath. It's automatic. They do it anyway, so don't take the time or the money to do it because it's already there. And the other thing that kids will do and is a necessary requirement to swim and swim well is they have to kick their legs. And they will naturally do that, particularly as they start to run out of oxygen. That skill just automatically happens. I cannot put a kid into the pool that's two years old and say, kick your legs. If he's not kicking his legs, it's you can't do it. He doesn't know what it means. His, you know, you can't teach that, that, those motor skills to happen. Um, but so, if it is but innate. It, it will happen then. innately. So those are the two things that you need. Hold your breath, kick, and they can be swimming. And you take those things and refine them. Well, I take those things, and they get refined by themselves as they spend time in the water. They naturally will pull out. I spend time building confidence as they are utilizing them to get to the side where they can hold on. But if these are innate skills and to a normal human, what about a brain that is wired differently? That you Speaking, know, uh, what do you mean by wired differently? That they have um, you know, mental disabilities or special Or even a physical or, disability right, yeah, where like, they can't uh, move as quickly. To what extent? Auti- are, I wonder about autism even, right. you know, if that would affect. Okay. To and what so, extent so is this yeah, successful? You know, yeah, this Specifically, because swim's already in the brain, it's in the brain for everybody, okay? So autistic, down, special needs kids, kids with chromosome disorders, whatever the disability may be, um, I've had 100% success teaching them, and most of those kids have learned to swim as fast, if not faster, than kids with no disabilities because swim's already there. And that's just the confirmation, not only, you know, talking to Tom Bradbury, who's been doing it for, you know, 60 years, uh, in his confirmation, but I've observed it myself for the past 10 years. Every special needs kid, down kid, uh, high functioning, low functioning, they all swim. Great. When we come back, we'll talk about what types of lessons are out there to help you determine what program is best for your child. We'll be back shortly. We're back with John Refue. 
And we're here to talk about swimming. So what age should we start swim lessons, John? I think it's the best thing to do is when they're able to actually remember the life skill of swimming, which is generally 17, 18 months old. That's when they actually, the brain is cognitively developed well enough that they can remember what it's learned in terms of the swim environment. You can teach an eight-month-old how to swim and swim well, but they're going to forget it within a day or two. And as well with kids under 17 months old, they don't have the strength to even hold on to the side. They don't have the focus to hold on to the side, and they slip right back in. They, you know, So they just aren't survivable in a swimming pool environment if they fall in if they're 12, 14 months old. Now, my son is uh, enrolled in karate right now, and a big thing that we liked about uh, Kempo is more specific is that it, it wasn't just like he was learning a self-defense skill. He's learning a focus skill. He's learning a self-discipline skill. And I wonder if the same is true with swimming. Are there other skill sets that are involved in, in learning um, uh, how to swim more proficiently? Well, I, I think really... And what skills are those? You, you know, what skills are they? Well, you know, obviously there are gross motor skill development uh, things that are big, that that's what you're really developing as the athlete that's already in the body. But in terms of, of the other issue that you mentioned, because it's uh, pretty much, from my perspective, it's already in the brain, uh, you're not really developing skills. You're just pulling out and utilizing what's already there. Well, you'd mentioned things like confidence, and um, and I would think even mind, uh, you know, control of mind. You, you jump, you fall into the pool, um, and you're no longer scared. Mm-hmm. You know, you've you've got that control, and maybe that's that's starts with confidence. You know, well, that's the whole idea. That's really what I do. That's really the only function that I provide is that I build the child's confidence because they're providing everything else. So my job is to make sure that I, I pull that confidence out as quickly as possible. And the way that I do that is I let the kid do the work. Like anything else in the world, if you want to build real confidence, you've got to do the real work yourself. Okay? You, you, know, you can get an online degree that says you're a Ph.D., but if you haven't done the you – know, there's no real confidence behind that th- diploma. But in terms of, of teaching the kid to swim, yes, they have to develop the confidence through their own experience. My job is to enable that confidence to develop. Sure. Well, what kind of skills will my child gain from the lessons? What's the goal of swim lessons? Well, number one is that you, you, you want to develop a child that if they fall into a swimming pool, they will live another day so that they can live another day. Is, right that, co- is that common? I mean, Th- that, should be the, that should be the sole primary objective of teaching a child to swim. And the reason that it should be is there is actually no other life skill that is a life skill. In other words, if you need the life skill of swim and you don't have the life skill of swim, your life is over. There's not another life skill like that. And, you know, we've been looking, Tom's been looking for 60 years. No one else has been able to provide us a description that is that absolute. Well, you know, I was, I read a few years ago a book called Freakonomics. Um, if any of you read it, and they, they evaluated statistics and things in that book. And, and I think the first chapter was that swimming pools are more dangerous than guns. And we, we hear and, and see a lot of uh, regulations whenever there's a, a gun horror story. We read about it. We hear about it. We push regulation. But we don't hear about those things with swimming pools and putting gates around them and things like that. I mean, is, is, is that the case? Do you think that, that the swimming pool is more dangerous? I mean, it's, it's a pretty dangerous area if you don't know what you're doing. Well, we know, you know, from the numbers that drowning is the second leading cause of death for kids four years and under. Hmm. So, you know, as you start to quantify it, yes, for, you know, a body of water for anybody that doesn't know how to swim is like having a loaded gun or playing Russian roulette. Uh, Drowning is... Or more so, even more dangerous. Well, yeah, well, it's going to be more absolute. Sure. Uh, 
you know, drowning drowning is a lottery. You know, uh, nine, I think it's nine to nine to ten kids win that drowning lottery every single day in the United States. Wow. And then for every child that survives, you have a gamut of kids that have some loss some, uh, because they were under too long and some brain damage all the way to severely brain damage where they can't breathe on their own. They have breathing tubes. So for every drowning, you have a whole number of kids that have some uh, lifelong consequence for being submerged or surviving a near drowning. And I wonder if, if um, things like beaches and lakes and, and uh, you know, water parks might, might have some impact in those statistics. Are there different types of swimming lessons that can prepare a child for different environments, surfing, uh, bodyboarding, that sort of thing, or, or, or swimming is the swimming skill is the swimming skill? The swimming skill is the swimming skill, but it needs to be strengthened and or improved and or prepared for the particular environment that the child is going into. What the fundamentals, you think, are? Well, absolutely. You can't teach a child to swim in the ocean until they can swim in, swim in a swimming pool. Sure. You can't teach them what to do if they fall into a river unless they have the basic swim skill that they use in a swimming pool. So what type of lessons are out there? Well, just for the basic swim skills, you have your typical American Red Cross program you're going to find at the YMCA or in San Diego. You have all the other different schools that, that use that model or one similar to it. There are swim programs out there that take parts of it and take away from it. For instance, there's a swim school here in San Diego that teaches, uh, that restricts the kids from actually kicking. In other words, they, they say, do not kick. And I've had kids, parents have brought me their kids that have been in that program, and I have to retrain the kid. Yes, you must kick. That's mm. what we want you to do. Right. So, you know, you have diff a variety. But the primary one that's used, typical YMCA type of approach, uh, that's one. Then you have, I think, uh, ISR is another one, which focuses on teaching the child to float, roll over on their back and float, and then teaches them to swim from that point to get to the side or to get to safety, as I understand it. I, I've never seen it. I don't know it. But from people who have brought their kids to me from the ISR uh, system mm -hmm. that still are having problems with the swim skill, um, uh, that's, what, that's what they tell me that, that they have observed. And then there's this, what I, what I use and I was taught to me by Tom Bradbury, who's been doing it since 1957, is this approach, which approaches it from, as we said, swim is already in the brain. And the kid's going to hold his breath, the kid's going to kick, and we just have to make sure that they know where to go and they develop the confidence. And as we spend time in the water, that, that ability gets refined because more of it comes out naturally as they spend time in the water. So that's this approach. So how does, how does yours work differently from the other programs? Well, no, number one, uh, the objective is to let the kid's natural skills come out by getting your hands off of the kid. And the other programs approach it where, okay, we first have to spend time to teach the kid uh, how to hold their breath to go underneath the water. Well, that's something that you can't teach a kid. It already exists. So we start there. Uh, fundamentally, though, the big difference for me is in the philosophy where the typical pro program used across is to not allow the kid to get too upset or cry or so to basically appease the, appease the student. So what what kind of experiences have you had that you're not appeasing the uh, the, students? the whole program, my program, every kid <laughs> is not happy. <laughs> I, my interest is not to appease the kid. My interest is to make sure that the kid has the life skill of swimming. And I know, uh, again, back to the main philosophy, 
every kid that comes into the pool with me wants to maintain control of their environment, maintain control of their world. And when they feel a loss of that control, they're going to look to their parent and cry or say things or do things to manipulate getting out of the swim environment. And this won't scar them for life that they never want to get in the pool again? Because that's my fear. Or lessen their confidence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, It actually does absolutely the complete opposite because what it teaches the kid is that um, uh, you can behave and try to get out and lose control, you know, to try and get back in control of your environment, or you can do the work required so that you have the skills that enable you to regain or have control of your environment. So you're teaching two different things. The traditional program is teaching you can get out of it, just complain enough. Sure. Or this particular program says, I understand that you don't feel like you're in control of your world, but I'm going to show you and teach you that you can overcome that and you can have control of your world, but you have to do something. Which you is a great to do philosophy. The work. As a teacher, like mm-hmm. I think our culture is going more and more towards the, oh, complain enough and you, you won't mm-hmm. have to do it. Um, and I see that firsthand. So we start them young. <laughs> right. Yeah. So start them young and make them feel that they're not entitled and that they can take the control of it versus just, you know. And you have, and and you have a great success rate of, of, of kids swimming. Tell well, me about that. It's 100%. Every kid is swimming. Uh, th- if they're 30 months and older, out of 3,500 kids, I've had one 34-month-old girl that took six weeks to teach how to swim. See, and, and that- then I'm sorry, real quick. How long is your swim program? Well, it's nor- you know normally it's uh, well, it's 10 days, 10 minutes per day. 10 days is all the time you need. So you have a 100% percent success rate with 10 days and 10 minutes a day. That's correct. All without appeasing any crying and everything else and by the end are they stop crying do they like the pool do they like oh it? oh yeah yeah then they're crying because they have to get out sure. mom and dad say well it's time to go no i'm not i'm not yeah that's to, that's the truth because the last two days mom and dad are in the pool taking over being the new coach right. i train them to this is how you do it now you understand how it works it's already in the brain develop it as they get older show them say copy me they copy you at home for, over everything anyway well i mean I had this one 32-month-old child, day seven, okay? <laughs> and, uh, you know, we get comfortable. We build the relationship, you know, and, and so I'm, we're taking a rest from swim. I, so I start a conversation up with her, and she's 32. She speaks very well. She can talk. And uh, 32 she, months. 32 <laughs> months old. Well, of course, she's a girl. Yes, yeah, so she's jabbering. So anyway, it goes like this. I said, so um, – do, uh, do you like to go shopping uh, with mommy? Yes, we like to go shopping. Uh, well, um, where do you where do you and your mommy like wh- like to go shopping at? And this little thirty two month old says, "I'm expecting Target, Kmart, you know, Nordstroms. You know, I'm always pushing Nordstroms." And, and this little girl, thirty two month old girl, says, "At the wine store." <laughs> <laughs> and her mom, you know, your, your mom's caught. And grandma happened to have been at that same class. And grandma literally leans over to the right and I, pokes her head out over to the right and says, I didn't know you started drinking. Oh, no. So, you know, you get funny stuff like that that happens all the time. But the kids are happy because they've actually accomplished something. And it wasn't given to them. They did the hard work. They understood that no one's going to save you. You can do this. And mom is just you know, mom and dad are firm to say the manipulation 
is not going to work. You have to learn how to swim. I think that's super relatable for me because I, I went to a community, like a city program, lots of kids in the class, mm-hmm. and I fought it. Uh, eventually, I got engaged, but a few years later, um, it was clear to me that I didn't. I still didn't know how to swim. So, but those programs are everywhere, you know. Yeah. So, how how does a parent go about finding a program like yours if they're not in um, your area? Yeah, you know, and, and that's going to be a tough question because uh, I just know of of the people that I've actually trained to do the same type of thing uh, here in San Diego, and then Tom Bradbury, who trained me ten years ago. He's trained about uh, 50 other people over the past, you know, 50 years to do it. And so it's just a matter of, of knowing who to contact and then seeing if there's a program similar to it. Are there around. any buzzwords that maybe parents can Google or look for? Is there a certain philosophy? Is it branded? No, there's really not even a branded name for it. Right. I would just call it, you know, the Tom Bradbury method because he's the guy that taught me and he's the guy that's been doing it forever. Right. So we're branding it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah you can brand it now. You know, what? swim to John. You can brand it swim to John. <laughs> oh, that's uh, better. <laughs> uh, that, that, that's that's fine. But it, it's it's uh, it's it's a difficult question to answer because you would think it's the best thing for the child. It's the most affordable thing for the parent because you know how long it's going to take. And with my program, there's a particular price. And uh, it gets the types of results that make a positive impact on the kid. I've had over 100 medical doctors that have watched me teach their kids to swim. They love it. I've had probably anywhere from 20 20 to 30 or 40 uh, psychologists that have watched me teach their kids to swim. They love it. They see all the positive reinforcement. They see all the benefits from a psychological and developmental standpoint had you know two psychiatrists who have watched me teach their kids and you know it's that's the way that you develop character is by making kids work it and earn it and show them that they can do it i think that's what we pull from today no matter where you are that you can learn that swimming is an innate and also i guess just don't put up with the crying and you can do it and you can work through it and and they can enjoy swimming and instill confidence, huh? And, in, and any instructor that, that approaches it from that viewpoint, and it doesn't matter whether at, the, at a typical American Red Cross why implement a program or not, uh, if that particular why or that particular school says, yeah, you know, we, we're, gonna, we're not going to let them, we're going to let them cry it out. We're not, gonna, we're not in the business of appeasing. We're in the business of getting something done. Then you're going to get the same result. As long as the as long as the instructor would put the kid in the water, push him to something that the kid can hold on to, uh, and start building confidence, but get your hands off the kid, the kid's going to develop. Thanks to John Refu for helping us learn about swim lessons. If you want more information on John and his technique, go to today's show on our episodes page on our website or visit www.swimtojohn.com. That's www.swim2john.com. Before we wrap up today's show, here is a message from one of our listeners. Hey, Parent Savers. My name's Steve, and I'm calling from Las Vegas, Nevada. Hey, first off, congrats on your new show. There's a lot of mommy shows out there and uh, not a lot of shows for new dads, so I really like how you guys give us an equal voice. And, hey, I just uh, finished listening to your episode on how to turn the terrible twos into terrific twos, and uh, it really helped out. My son recently turned two, and I wish I would have listened to this episode when he was about 18 months because the terrible twos came way sooner than expected. Anyway, the idea of redirecting the child's behavior has been really helpful to me and my wife. 
and uh, we're starting to see some good results. So I wanted to tell you thanks for the good info. Have a good day. That wraps up today's episode. We'd love to hear from you. If you have questions for our expert about today's show or the topics we discussed, call our Parent Savers hotline at 619-866-4775 or send us an email through our website, parentsavers.com or Facebook page, and we'll answer your question on an upcoming episode. Coming up next week, we're talking about what to put on your child while swimming. We're talking sunscreen. Thanks for listening to Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of new mommy media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.